Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello and welcome to a very special bonus It's All Cobblers to Me podcast. I'm Danny and today I'll be speaking with both of the candidates that have made their application for the new role of Northampton Town's fan director. This vote will be open by the time you hear this via an email to the club's database and through voting forms and a ballot box, which will be available at Sixfields on match days. The closing date for the vote will be Monday, October the 18th at noon, after which the votes will be counted and checked and the elected candidate will be declared later that week. You can only vote once and checks will be in place to ensure the integrity of the vote. So we thought we'd have a chat with both candidates to get each of their views on why they would make a great fan representative for the Cobblers. In the second half of the podcast, you'll hear from Tom Cliff. But first, I spoke with Dan Pierce. Welcome to the podcast, Dan Pierce. How are you, Dan? How are you doing? I'm really good, Danny. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for hosting. We'll give you an easy start just to give you a little give a little background of you as a Cobblers fan, if that's all right. So you started supporting the club in 96, I think I saw. Yes, uh, my first game was Exeter City. It was 4-1 to the Cobblers and I foolishly thought it would always be that easy, uh, <laughs> which uh, on the whole, Danny, as you'll be well aware, it uh, generally isn't. But yeah, no, I, I fell in love 
with the atmosphere. Believe it or not, back then there used to be an atmosphere at Six Fields. And <laughs> yeah, it was nice seeing some pretty good football goals and it captivated me. So 25 years of suffering later, we're, here we are today. <laughs> good stuff. So how old were you at this point when you started to go? I would have been six at that point. Yeah, starting in the East End, which looks a little bit different to what it does now. Yeah, yeah. So this would have been just a few months after Euro 96 and all that. That's it, Football yeah. was kicking in. So how you, you mentioned in your statement quite like your favourite moments supporting the Cobblers. It's not all doom and gloom, obviously. <laughs> no, um, no, as I said, and apologies to Jess for that. That day on the Exeter Turf in April 2016 will be something that lives with me forever. And yeah. Every time we've won at London Road, granted, there's not been enough of those, but yeah, they're <laughs> priceless memories. Uh, as you'll probably remember, the celebrations from Grimsby, thinking they'd prematurely been promoted, only to find out that was not the final whistle. <laughs> Fans on the pitch to see Ryan Gilligan completely ruin their party before Leighton Orient compounding the misery. It's just moments like that you don't get with anything else other than football, and it's been something that's really close to my heart. From day one. Is it something that's been in your family throughout? Or were you the first one to kind of badger your parents to go? My mum actually started when she was 10. She used to go to the county ground regularly. And say, but surely, her and, my, her and my old man, Dad, Paul took me to the late exchanges of the Ian Atkins first promotion season. Mm-hmm. And from then, they've drifted off a bit, but I've spent thousands of pounds following this team around the world. <laughs> around the world well that's impressive yeah, <laughs> how far I'm, have you got <laughs> so I'm, I'm counting Newport mate it's, uh, it's the world. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough fair enough yeah, yeah good stuff uh, so moving on to the fan director role what did you think when you first heard the news that a fan was going to be welcomed onto the board for me I actually thought that was a pretty positive step I think there has been a growing divide between certain parts of the fan base and the club and it isn't helpful, you know. We our most successful year of my life was the Wilder year, and that was when everybody was united. It, it, it definitely makes a difference, and seeing clashes over things which a lot of us don't have any control over. For me, it seemed like a good opportunity to potentially put my opinion across some things. I think there should have been more people go for it, but you know, Tom and I have been brave enough to put our faces to it and uh, deal with any negativity or positivity that comes our way. So you mentioned the divide in the fans. That's probably the biggest challenge, I would imagine, in terms of this role, is uniting everybody. Because, you know, for all the will in the world, you're not going to please everybody, whatever you do, are you? So how how do you kind of envisage yourself trying to unite all these different parts of the fan base? With great difficulty, because... There's a lot of people who may think that this is a you know, questionable decision by the club to offer it. For me, I think Tom and I are both very approachable people, which makes it quite a good level of candidacy. Hopefully, people will be willing to come and speak to us. I'm going to relay as much to the club as I think they need to know and vice versa. I'm here to listen to people, you know, I've put our faces to this. So certainly if people see us at the ground, we'd welcome an opportunity to speak. And there's no hiding anymore. Let's hopefully try and bridge the gap and bring everyone a bit closer together. 
So Calvin Thomas has stated that the role will be pretty much shaped by the person who takes it up. Mm-hmm. Have you got any kind of thing of how you envision the role looking? Because I think at the moment there's a lot of questions about what will they actually be getting involved with? And Kelvin's just been saying, well, it, it depends who the person is and what they want. Have you got anything that you kind of picture for the role? I think that our social media presence is certainly going to increase a significant amount. I think that we're going to be doing a lot more functions at the club than we currently do. So we're going to have a lot more people want to speak to us and give us our opinions at match day, which which is fine. I I enjoy that part of the club. You know, I think one of the things I like the most about it is when you go to either a home or away game, you just know so many people. And if people are wanting to speak to us and get their messages across and Kelvin and the rest of the board are actually willing to listen to that, then it's it's a really positive thing. I'm here to be open, to listen to people and accept there will be a lot of scrutiny that comes with whoever is successful. But it's really important that we take this opportunity to properly start communicating between both the club and the fans and vice versa. Yeah, so you're mentioning in your statement that you're happy to apply positive pressure in the boardroom. How would you go about doing this with the likes of Kelvin Thomas and James Whiting in the room? I've kind of done that to Kelvin a few times. Like, First of all, some Facebook Q&As. I know I probably overstepped the mark a little bit. And so I'll be the first to admit that, you know, I think it's quite easy to be a faceless person. But when he gave the opportunity to go and speak to him, when they presented the East End plans back in the summer, I made a point of putting the effort in myself to go and speak to him and openly say there are things that have happened, which I've not supported. And in fairness to him, as I said in the statement, you know, he listened. He gave the opportunity to do that and he gave answers which were above the level that I would have expected. There was a lot of honesty and I think too many of us have probably been afraid to actually challenge decisions verbally. I think there's actually quite a lot that can come from constructive feedback and certainly I'm not there to try and be difficult. I'll I'll support things which I agree with in the equal manner it's just i think sometimes harsh things need to be said to say they're coming the right way mm. i think it's always been the type of chairman who will speak to you who reply to emails he'll if you approach him in the right manner i think he he does tend to reply quite positively like whether he agrees with you or not doesn't he so he, he does and he he rang both of us yesterday to say basically any any questions you have you know, you've got my contact details, you've got James's, you've got Gareth's. And my experience is that when you get in touch, they do respond and quite often pretty timely. It's which is one of their strong points. I welcome the chance to potentially work with them and I think the opportunity for either Tom or I is a really good one. It is a positive step and hopefully we can bring the fans on board. And you've also mentioned safe standing in your pitch as well, which is something a lot of fans have been uh, hoping to see at Sixfields, particularly in the North Stand, I think. Um, <laughs> been, a, been a lot of talk that, about it for a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah is that something that something that you are passionate enough about to kind of make that one of your things that you want to really take forward with the rest of the board? Well, if I'm honest, I can't remember the last time I sat at Sixfields. So if I could, <laughs> be, if I could be doing it legally in the North Stand, I'd, I'd like to push that. 
it would be so popular and there would definitely be the demand to justify it. So, you know, if the funds are there, it's something I'll be pushing because it would massively improve the experience people have at Six Fields. What do you think that is? Because it has had atmosphere before Six Fields. You mentioned in your memories and things that yeah. it, we can create atmosphere there at Six Fields. We can do it despite not having a standing area. But it's just something about it isn't there, that people standing together that just creates more people wanting to sing and things. And... It shouldn't be a case, but it definitely is. I think just if people are sat down there, maybe a bit wary of how they might look to others who don't. And I just think, why should anyone care? We're there to try and have a good experience. And if there is a bit of noise for me, and I'm sure it's the same for you, Danny, mm. it's a more pleasurable place to be. You compare you compare it when we're away at places like Salford, the atmosphere there on that terrace was the best it's been in probably a few years. And why, why couldn't it be like that at Six Fields if we had the same facility? To end it, I just wanted you to give a little bit of a closing pitch as to why you think people should vote for you. I think people should vote for me because they'd be having someone in the boardroom who wouldn't be afraid to challenge when they considered things that needed to be challenged. I've got a lot of desire to see that East Stand completed and have had chats with both Kelvin and James in the recent past with deadlines and I'd be pretty keen to make sure that they are adhered to. I want to see this club in League One because I'm pretty much done to death with going to places like Carlisle. I think I've been there nine times. and I just want, I just want to get used to places like Sunderland and Sheffield Wednesday on a regular basis. This, this club in this town should be a League One club minimum. And I think we just need some progressive changes to, to make that happen. That's great stuff. Thank you so much for joining us and also for putting yourself forward. Um, it's quite a big step. You were talking about all the talking to Kelvin, emailing him, being in contact. But this is actually putting yourself forward for the role and putting yourself up for scrutiny is, is an amazing thing. So well done for doing that. And we wish you all the best. And Yeah, yeah. No, I really appreciate it. Uh, good to speak to you and any any time. Let's see how we go. Now joined by Mr. Tom Cliff. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for, for inviting me on to have a chat with you. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming. Um, can you give us a bit of a rundown of how you came to start supporting the Cobblers, how old you were, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So so for me, the, the journey, I guess, started I was born in Northampton. Um, first season for me was, was 86, 87. Dad took me along to the county ground, stood on the cricket side. Obviously, it was the, the year we kind of walked the league and I thought, this is the life. I could, I could get used to this. Went to the games with my dad during that season. I didn't get to every game. It was obviously incredibly busy. Um, I was only, what, five at the time. But I just remember being hooked and thinking, this is what I want to do. The years that followed weren't quite always as successful. But, you know, went to the games with my dad and then my mum started coming along, my sister. And we sort of attended games as a family very quickly started going to a lot of away games and then kind of went to every away game. And I think, you know, every Cobblers fan's got their own story and, and that's what's fantastic. You know, from, from my point of view, I went off to university, decided the best thing I could do on my Saturdays was always travel home. Um, and it, it was the, the days when they were redoing the kind of train lines and things. So there were some journeys you'd end up leaving at six in the morning and getting back at midnight to Manchester. So we certainly put the yards in then at university. I've been going ever since really. And, and you know, for, for me, I think life as a Cobblers fan, it's seen me through some of the happiest times in my life, also some of the, the most difficult. You know, my dad sadly passed away in 2007 and, and football was a was a massive kind of 
saviour, I guess, is the wrong word, but it was a massive comfort. And, and you realise the kind of close-knit friends and family that we had at, at the club. And actually, in terms of, of, of the story of my life as a cobbler, I guess that's where we held a memorial ball for my dad. And after a couple of beers, I'd got up and done an auction. And there was friends from the club were there and said, look, we need some help in the hospitality at the, at the club. You know, we, we need a match day host. So this was 2008. So I said, look, more than happy to come and help out on, on the understanding that I don't want anything for it. And the minute it's not working for the club, you tell me, you know, don't, don't just keep me going for the sake of it. Um, I want to add value to the club. And if you can find someone better, by all means, please, please, I'll step aside with, with kind of with pride. Um, so, yeah, started that in 2008 and that's still going. Um, like I say, for me, Cobblers is, is, is a lifelong thing. Uh, I think the first time uh, it was a Valentine's evening when I'm with my, my now wife and I'd invited her out for a meal at the club. And then <laughs> she kind of realised that she'd have to sit with, with Horace who we took to the games. God love him. And I was actually going to be sort of working that night. Um <laughs> But, you know, I think through that, the, the birth of my son, the first thing I did was, was wearing my cobbler shirt and said, welcome to a life of supporting the cobblers and the, the highs and the lows. And I guess that, that that's what football's all about, isn't it? It's, it's friends and family. And, yeah, hopefully, I'd, I could probably talk for about three hours on this, but I'm sure we're yeah. going to get some of the questions. So <laughs> yeah. I'll stop there so it's not a complete this is your life section. Yeah, no, I can completely resonate with all of that, actually. Just the, the sense of family that it brings. And it's not just your own family members you create this community and family around you don't you when, when you start going to games you start seeing the usual faces and that's what it's all about and, and especially you know traveling up on trains and buses and things like that you you just get you to used to the same people and it becomes a community around you and I think it's everybody's got their story but it's it's fairly similar to that I think for a lot of people that you're just in this place with a lot of people who want the same thing and otherwise you'd never sit and speak to that's the great thing about it especially lower league football I think as well when you can have these times but um what would be your sort of standout moments you mentioned you were kind of born into the 86-87 season 99 points was about over 100 goals was it that season and you just think oh this is what this is the life it's all about now (laughs) it's going to be like this all the time (laughs) I'll I'll take I'll take this every year you know there was that mentality of if you score two we'll score three and it was probably pretty much 30 years to the day until we got the next squad that was like (laughs) that under under sort of Chris Wilder but you know in, in terms of in terms of memories there's some some obvious ones for me the win at Wembley um to, to be there the club's appearance the number of fans there that that first year John Frayne's last minute goal uh was was a memory that will stick with me forever I think obviously Abdul Osman silence in the cops another one that's there but you know actually in, in strange ways for, for, for me I, I think the game that's, that, that stands out is the Shrewsbury away game because you know even as a, a relative youngster back then you, you stood on that terrace at half time thinking there's, there's a lot of people around me here in tears. And if the club goes out of the league, will it ever come back? And it, it wasn't a case of if so, maybe we, we were that close to going. And then obviously that tremendous comeback, Pat Gavin made a, a name for himself. And I think that the memories of that day, you know, is one of those one of those games which, all right, we didn't win a trophy or a cup on that day. But actually, I think it probably saved the club. And there's, there's been days like that since. And, and I, I think, again, you know, I'd said in sort of my application form, you know, you want other people to experience their highs and lows. And for some people, you know, we obviously prefer the highs, but those memories that you've got and there's grounds that you go to that, you know, there's, there's friends and family now um, that have sadly passed, but you get to these grounds and you, you remember the happy days that you had there. And it, it might be a 2-0 win, it might be a last minute equaliser, but it's all about those memories. And, and as you said, you know, family and friends is 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 the crucial part of it. And I think, 
we saw that with the season when it was behind closed doors and you miss people. And at football, there's so many people who you know and I know really, really well. Might not know the name, but I, I know them to the point that we'll have a conversation about games, memories we've been to, journeys we met on. Um, and, and as you said, I think that's, that's absolutely priceless. And to be back in grounds now is fantastic and, and, and long may that continue. So outside of the cobblers, you built up your business, Cafe Track on the Market Square. Can you tell everyone a little bit more about that if they don't already know? Yeah, so I, I started out career-wise as a, as a school teacher. Um, enjoyed that. I love working with people, seeing them develop, achieve what they wanted to do. And got quite frustrated towards the end that it became more about sort of targets and grades than about actually looking out for people and, and doing the right thing. And I work with uh, a, a marvellous group of young autistic adults who I saw tremendous potential in, but they were facing barriers after college and university. So took what was, I guess, a calculated risk to come out of, of education and set up this organisation track. Our aim was to support autistic adults. There's, there's some frightening statistics about the lack of opportunities for people. And I wanted to make a difference. It, you know, in some ways, the comfortable route would have been to stay in teaching. But I, I didn't like the fact that we were almost setting people up and then not supporting them. And we came out and tracks about working with employers. And, you know, we work with everyone from sort of international companies like Microsoft and, and the kind of big national household names that you'll hear of here, right the way through to small local um, social enterprises and sole traders in Northampton. And part of the, the, the journey that we knew we needed to support was to give people a, a chance to develop their employability skills. So we set up Cafe Track in, in Northampton Market Square. 2019 it launched and absolutely loved it we've got people in there maybe having their first ever experience of work seeing them developing confidence from first time maybe having to talk to them outside and encouraging them to come in when they were ready through to maybe doing one job through to moving them on to other employment and the cafe it's been difficult let's be let's be honest there's been real tough decisions to make and we were closed for kind of 15 16 months and it it's quite tricky running a business when you've got no income but I think I think part of that it kind of taught me the skill set that I've got and the support network around me and you know we didn't just stop we adapted we turned things online we started running a project with the National Museum of Computing and it's all around centered about creating opportunities for people and you know we've got people into a, a range of job roles and, and and that for me is incredibly rewarding something which which I do thoroughly enjoy and and again I guess it all comes down to really working with people, finding out of them as individuals. You know, there are some challenges in the role that we do and you have to take on different roles for for different individuals. But no, we've built that up and, you know, long may that continue. Actually, we've grown during lockdown to be able to offer kind of services more nationally now, which um, is really pleasing. That's such a fantastic thing for the town and the community. So I can imagine there's quite a lot of transferable skills that that will come into play with this new fan director role. What were your thoughts when you first heard about it were you kind of initially I really want to do this straight away or did you take a little bit of time and have a think about it and then go for it I I think combining the the two things that you've talked about there in terms of you know the the skills that I think I have and and could could bring to that role and opportunities and and part of that is you have to make decisions sometimes with with your heart and sometimes with your head and you have to look at things and saw the, the post on the it came up on my, my social media feed instant thought was wow what an opportunity definitely going for this you then have that time afterwards where you think right hang on what's the role going to involve can, can I fully commit to it what will the reaction be what do I think that role would be you know so actually from the initial reaction I thought yep yeah, 100% I'll go for it you then have to take that time to make a kind of conscious decision you know this isn't something that I, I see as just a 
you know, a badge to, to, to a, 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 you know, whoever is successful to be able to call themselves a director. You know, you look at it, I'm a director of other companies already and there's legal responsibilities. There's, there's much more than that. And, you know, again, I love Northampton Town Football Club. I love the involvement that we have. I love the community around it. And you recognise with a role like this comes responsibilities. There's decisions that you have to make. I'm a realist. You're never going to please everyone. But for me, it's just an opportunity to represent our fans. Of course, I've got ideas of things which which I think would would, would help the club. And, you know, the, the whole priority for whoever gets the role, you know, best of luck to Dan as well. It is about ensuring Northampton Town Football Club can be the best it can be. And, and from my point of view, I took I took that time. I spoke to friends and family and, and people who've actually contacted me to say, you're going to go for it. And after that initial, yes, of course I am. Actually, the feelings only really got stronger that this was something that I wanted to put my name forward to. That you know, Ultimately, the fans decide who gets the position. But I'm somebody who believes, you know, that when opportunities come up like this, you've got to try and take them. And are there elements to it that you think, you know, you're taking a risk? Absolutely, you know. But I think I've proved with, with, with moving out of education and a, a steady wage and taking a, a pay cut and going into an environment that was was tough enough, kind of dealing with issues around Brexit and the, the, the business economy as it was. And then, you know, obviously we had the pandemic to add on top of that. And, and you know, I think those challenges only really make you stronger. And it, 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 in many ways, it sort of proved to me that, you know, perhaps under pressure is, is perhaps where I thrive the, thrive the most, really. Yeah, that's great. And you, you already mentioned that you're a massive part of the club already in your matchday host role. What do you say to those who have inevitably jumped online and said that you're already too close to the club in that sense i think from that point of view you know a i'd always welcome opinions and if anyone's ever got any questions you know you know you're more than welcome to contact me regardless of whether i got the role but you know my, my role on a match day just to, to explain for people who, who might see me as an employee it's a completely voluntary role i turn up at 11 o'clock we finish at six o'clock i love it the club are fantastic in terms of of you know supporting us and, and letting us do that now from my point of view on a match day not only am i engaging with a range of supporters that are in the hospitality and that can be people attending their first game through to working with existing club partners and, and developing relationships with local businesses, individuals. I'll then make my way up to Cars Bar and chat with fans. I'm, I've not got a, a formal role as such in fan engagement, you know, but actually I love the, the opportunity to get to talk to other people. Now, people will say, you're too pro Northampton Town Football Club, maybe. My argument to that would be, of course, I'm a, I'm a Northampton Town Football Club fan. I, I want I want the club to thrive. I want it to be the best it can be. Now, in answer to people saying, oh, you'll just say yes. No, my, my role as it would be, should I be elected, would be to represent the fans. This isn't about Tom Cliff as a one-man band that I can wear. You know, I wear a suit to home games anyway. I don't. It's not about that. It's, it's about surely representing the fans' views. I go to away games. You know, I've got some ideas around about how we engage with people for whom you know, social media isn't an option. We, we've obviously got a venue in the town centre that we can host regular meetings with people, for example. But actually, the, the whole point there for me is, if you thought I would let people make decisions which would harm Northampton Town Football Club, you really don't know me very well. And the fact that I volunteer for seven hours on a, on a match day, I think, if anything, allows me to engage with a, a wide variety of, of supporters, business partners, and actually, you know, the relationships that we've built up there, it's the commercial team do all the hard work day in, day out. They're the employees. They're the ones that have to get everything ready. I turn up, I chat to players, I chat to fans. We hopefully get people having a great experience, which I would see as only adding value to the club. As, as I said, when I first started the role, I was very clear that the only way I would take it was that I didn't want paying for it. I do get a free match ticket for the home games and, you know, for transparency, I, you know, I don't want to get too political where we're having to divulge everything, but, you know, I, I don't pay to go and watch the home game. But, 
you know, from that, you know, there's no way I'd sit in a, in a room and let people make a decision which was going to harm Northampton Town Football Club. And and, and ultimately, like I've said a couple of times and, and, you know, to various different people who've perhaps asked me that directly, I'll, I'll respond to it because my passion is for Northampton Town Football Club and actually the position of the director is a responsible one. You know, you've got legal responsibilities, let alone the responsibilities to the fans of our club. So, do I want the club to do well? Yes. Will I support and promote them? Yeah, of course I will, because actually that's the way the club's successful. We want to create, you know, the work that goes on around the community and some of the work that we did during the pandemic. There was fantastic things going on there. And surely every supporter is pro the club. And I guess that would be, for me, I think it adds value to the club, which is, is ultimately what you know I wanted to do. And I think from from the role point of view, it also enables me to engage with a, a wide range of individuals as well. Yeah, I think for anybody saying the person who takes this up shouldn't be pro Northampton Town, that seems a bit odd to me. <laughs> again, again, I think you know you embrace different opinions. Part of my day job will be sitting in mediation, running mediation meetings where I've got people with complete opposite opinions of, of maybe the same event, and actually is a role of facilitating those conversations. That's sort of what I have to do. It's one part of my role. Would anyone, myself or Dan, be able to please every supporter? No, is, is the honest answer. I'm not going to start lying to make everyone go, oh, I'll vote for Tom because he's promised we're going to sign Mbappe or whoever it might be. Uh, there is none of that. You know, from, from my point of view, it's about being able to put fans' opinions across. And there's different sorts of supporters, you know. I wake up in the morning and the first thing I'll do is check Frenny Cobbler's news before I look for the weather or check my work emails or anything. Now, you know, not everyone can get to every game all around the country. The fans that do, brilliant. Let's talk to them on away games. Let's get involved. But also for those, you know, local businesses, those local organisations for whom, you know, Northampton Town Football Club is a massive part of Northampton. And, and I think that's something which we've promoted through our business and we promote other organisations, you know, there because... Surely we all want Northampton to be a great place and the, the Cobblers is a massive part of that. Yeah, definitely. So to finish, can we just get you to give us a quick closing pitch as to why people should vote for you particularly for this role? I think people would probably expect me now to go, vote Tom, vote. <laughs> yeah. I would, of course, I would absolutely love you to vote for me. And hopefully, you know, if you've spoken to me over the years at the club, you'll, you'll know that I've got the best interest of the club at heart. Um, I think from that point of view, the skills which I've developed through setting up and running a business throughout my, my career, in a sense, I think will, will help us as a club to grow. And, you know, I, th- I think it's important for people to, to vote because, it, you know, whoever is elected, you know, to have that fan support. And, you know, the, the minute it was announced, the first message I sent to, to Dan was good luck. And he was pretty much typing exactly the same on the way back in same way, whenever the results come out, you know, I, th- I think there's, there's kind of ways of, of working together and bringing together the fans of Northampton Town Football Club because that's all we want, really. Surely, you know, I'm not one to make rash promises of completions of of stands, signings, Premier League football in five years. But, I, you know, I think from my point of view, um, from uh, representing the fans to me would be kind of the ultimate privilege and one which I wouldn't take lightly and, and, and take those thoughts on board and, you know, be able to sit and make difficult decisions. I've never been afraid to take them before. In one of my previous roles, I ended up line managing a member of my family. That's the role I've got to do. I do my job professionally. And actually, I think that's where you look at this as a role. There are a set of expectations and I wouldn't have gone for it if I didn't think I could fulfil it. 
and again, you know, to make the decisions that are at the best interest of Northampton Town Football Club as a whole. This isn't about me. Um, obviously, I'd like to vote for me, so I could make the role, but it's then about engaging with as many fans as we can and, and taking forward your views, really. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Tom. Take your time out and thanks for putting yourself up there for the role. All the very best with it. And yeah, it's been great chatting. So hopefully we'll chat again at some point soon. Thank you. There you have it. I think you'll agree that whether it's Dan or Tom, the club are in good hands, whoever gets this amazing new role. Do get voting and we'll see you back on the podcast next week. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.